Welcome back to Waiting for Christ, our little book study on the compilation by Dr. Christopher Bloom of the Augustan Institute of St. John Henry Newman's Meditations for the Advent and Christmas Season. Once again, uh, joined here, this is Mike Christie uh, in the studio of the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois with uh, Father Dominic Rankin, Sister Veritas Wilkes, and much to my advantage today so that I'm not, uh, I'm not here just with the dude in the cassock and the gal in the <laughs> habit, uh, Carlos Tejeda, uh, who also serves in our curial staff, uh, focusing on men's ministry, marriage and family life, um, and a whole bunch of other things. So welcome, everybody. Thank you. Thank I, think, you. I think we could note that besides the dude in the cassock and the What'd you call me? Jordan? Gal in the habit. Gal in the habit. Yeah. We have two married dudes in vests. Yeah. Married dudes wear vests. <laughs> yeah. That's, you They're know. the cool kind, don't worry We everybody. have uniforms, too. Okay, so here we are again, uh, and, you know, second week of Advent, um, which is great. Hope everybody's um, struggling and suffering and sacrificing and waiting anxiously for Christ. Does that sound about right? That's so far? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about that later. All right. So last week we talked about, I'll just kind of hit some of the highlights and, and tee us up for, for this week. Last week we talked about um, presence of God, uh, sister's um, allusion to the veil, not her own, uh, but the veil that sort of separates, separates us from, from Christ in this world and, and his real presence, but in that kind of mysterious already but not yetness of it. Um, we spoke about venture, adventure, risk. You know, at what cost are we are we willing to uh, to follow Christ? I definitely saw that theme kind of continue through the meditations for this week. So hopefully, we'll talk about that. We also talked about ordering desires. So you know, um, Saint John Henry Newman's kind of prompting us to think about what is it that we de- desire? Are our desires rightly ordered, uh, and so forth? So that's a bit of a recap of, of last week. Sister, what struck you in this yes. week's readings? Well, similar to last week, I did think about the veil again because I did see some allusions to that idea of we don't fully see or know Christ in this world in the way that we often desire. Um, and so that sense of things are hidden, and yet we still have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, which I also noted that we talked about that we did last week and mm-hmm. this precise verse is quoted on page 47 on December 9th St. Juan Was that Diego. prophetic of us or is it uh, I don't know if you could define it as prophetic so much as in tune with the Holy Spirit okay I'll take that yeah that's good maybe uh, Father can help us out there with the precise nature of prophecy sure I mean um, <laughs> wasn't on my list of topics for today yeah prophecy I think was a gift a grace given in particular to those that we call prophets in the Old Testament. You know, we, we know their their writings, their words to be particularly inspired by the Lord. Obviously, in our own day and age, yes, with the full outpouring of the Holy Spirit to Christ's church, there's a different way in which his word is communicated to our hearts. And I think, yes, rather than speaking about our own uh, being the instruments of writing down scripture, we were a little bit less than that, but in other ways, uh, a little bit more blessed in the fact that we have constant, uh, the constant kind of uh, influx of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So mm, Yeah, we were blessed. Let's go with that. Mm. We're blessed. Yeah. So I was thinking about those ideas again, and particularly on December 9th here, you know, the 
December 9th is the Feast of St. Juan Diego, and I always have a tender place for him in my heart in that that sense of, this isn't written explicitly here, but that sense of he was just like, well, who am I? I'm just a little, a poor little peasant, and I have this big mission, and um, I just, I love the quote that that Mary said to him when he was afraid, Um, and I think December, Advent is often a time when we think of things we're afraid of, especially when we think about Mary and the angel telling her, do not be afraid. And we realize she is our mother who experienced those real emotions. She she is a human, so she knows what it means to be afraid. She knows what it means to wait, maybe anxiously or with expectant faith and hope, which is hopefully what we're, what we're going for here. But she said to Juan Diego, let not your heart be disturbed. Am I not here who am your mother? Are you not under my protection? And that just, whenever, when I first learned that quote at some point in college, it just really struck my heart. And so I always think about that. So probably because of that, I was really in tune to this <laughs> December 9th. Um, but just one more thing to point out from that is this idea of the visible and invisible does come into play here. Um, and it talks about You know, some people think that callings from God only happened in the time of the apostles when Jesus was walking on earth and Jesus said, come follow me, and we forget that he's calling us every day. And I think back to my time working um, in the religion classroom with middle schoolers, and we would talk about the apostles, and I would say, think of a time when you were called by God. And they would be like, sister, what are you talking about? Like, your baptism? Okay, that's a calling. And But they're also like so many little things every day, you know, fulfilling the daily duties of your vocation, whatever that is, being obedient to that place in life that God has given you is as a calling from God and again that sense of it's invisible it doesn't come to us in the same way it did to the apostles but it's still important and also just yeah Mary's Mary's there with us throughout all of it there's two things that strike me in your comments that I just want to kind of amplify one is uh, you know we we I think can run the risk of uh, interpreting call and vocation yeah in apostolic times but also that it means a call to religious life for mm-hmm. the priesthood yeah it's only like capital V vocation right. like yeah no this is so it's not just that we're mm-hmm. all called by virtue of our baptism sisters as mm-hmm. you said um, you know we have a vocation we have a mission um, that that Christ has in store for us and we're called to that but the other thing that strikes me in what you said is even that is kind of a a big call, if you will. There's these little calls, mm-hmm. you know, in every moment and every day in our responsiveness to that. I thought it was great. Just that same that same passage uh, for December 9th, call, you know, is his entitled Divine Calls. On the second page here in our book, he talks about uh, the word accident implies sudden mm-hmm. and unexpected. Like an accident happens to you <laughs> of some sort. And he, he begins to describe it as like, you know, a sudden trial or, or some unexpected event occurs. And he's like, that That's, letter you dread getting in the mail, like, oh man. Yeah, I don't have yeah, yeah I don't have time for, to deal with this right now. And it's like, nope, that's God's call. Like right mm-hmm. now, and it's meant to be for your sanctification and for God's glory, but you're gonna have to like, you know, pick up those things and off you go. Whatever plans Mary had that day. Yeah. Right, that the angel came or that evening, whatever she was planning to do the next day kind of went out the window. Right. Well, it's not always convenient. Juan Diego too. Like I love this story. Mm-hmm. I think that passage is I think that uh, quote that you gave, sister is from the moment when his uncle is sick. He's going into town to try to find a doctor or something. And he's like, man, I don't have time for an apparition right now. I'm going yeah. to like scoot around the hill and like avoid Mary. And it, it's like the most hilarious image in your mind. You're like, this guy's trying to avoid like the queen of heaven. Like, but at the same time, how many, how many times do we do the exact same thing? Yeah. Where we're like, Lord, I really don't have time for this thing that you've put on my desk today. This, you know, mm. I, I really don't have time to pray. You know, I'm really too tired. I'm just going to go to bed, you know, kind of thing. And, 
he's like, I'm waiting for you. And we're like, yeah, we're just going to scoot around the hill and avoid avoid whatever little duty that well, it I is. See that, I see that reflected in the kids at home, too, oh, right? It's sort of like you see your, you know, kind of your relationship with God, with God reflected in their relationship with you sometimes. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that I see that is that, you know, ask them to do something. They'll get her, you know, maybe, yeah, not right now. But wait, I have to, you know, whatever the other on, thing is on that, that, that's capturing their attention, that's their priority right now, they'll, you know, uh, I, you know, I'll come hear you about this some other time, right? Like, we'll <laughs> yeah. get there. Yeah. Carlos, what struck you? The, um, that veiled nature also was a theme for me on December uh, 11th, uh, unreal words. You know, words have meaning, second mm-hmm. paragraph. Mm. Whether we mean that meaning or not, and they are imputed to us in their real meaning, when our not meaning it is our own fault. Uh, and then it goes on just, um, to me it's you know, just a beautiful unpacking of the sacramental reality of creation. Um, the already but not yet theme that we've been talking about uh, was just jumping off of me. And um, in our current culture, you know, just so many uh, examples of the the confusing nature, trying to keep tabs on uh, what you can and can't say and what hmm. you can and can't do and what one meaning means to a certain group of people, uh, names, labels. It's just so confusing. Uh, and the only way to cut through these 10,000 ways of looking at the world uh, is seeing it with God's eyes. Aim at seeing things as God sees them, uh, taking on the mind of Christ, you know, the transformation of the mind, these these things so that when he comes as a baby we're not threatened. Bishop Barron pointed out a number of years ago that if you look at the like the main I always get it confused between protagonist and antagonist. <laughs> the main bad guy in a lot of <laughs> antagonist. Thank you. Yeah. The main bad guy in a lot of horror films in the past generation or so is a child. Yeah. Rosemary's baby, Chucky. Hmm. Uh, it's like all these yeah they really twist it around yeah and so and then there's some really disturbing articles that I read for work you know trying to reach you know young couples mm-hmm. and just the, the mentality it was a cover article for time uh, a handful of years ago it was like basically how children uh, suck joy out of your life. Mm-hmm. So the best thing you can do is make sure that you don't have any children. Hmm. Uh, and so just... That was really a Time article? I mean, they didn't use that language, but, <laughs> but basically when having it all means not having children, I think yeah. is the tagline. Uh, wow. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's just no more diametric opposition than the incarnation of our Lord and born yeah. in the stable with... Um, and what our world is offering to to families and couples. Well, it's an it's an interesting, I think, and challenging point and clarifying point that this idea of words mean something. That you know what it strikes me and what you're saying is is there is a there's a deeper immutable objective reality that ultimately is God Himself. Yeah, and and what flows from Him. Word made flesh. You yeah. just use a lot of big words. <laughs> okay. Deeper, immutable, objective reality. Yeah. So reality is um, is is unchanging based upon what we want it to be. Right. It's it it is what it is, which is not an expression that I love, but you know, there's there's just a, there's a reality, and our words reflect that reality. Mm-hmm. 
or don't right? or like, don't and and when you manipulate words and yeah. you kind of try to yeah. change you know you're, you're you're we certainly have seen a lot of movement in the culture to to manipulate vocabulary in order to ignore underlying reality love yeah. is love and it sounds Things reasonable like that. Yes. yes you're but like wait i can't i can't exactly you know, mm-hmm. but it's disagree with true, that, yeah. but it's, 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 yeah, it's pretty well, forth. Huh? And, and to Carlos' point, this struck me on page uh, 54, uh, kind of in the middle of the page there, they have no means of judging, no standard to measure by, and they give judgment at random, saying yay or nay on very deep questions, according as their fancy is struck at the moment. That so was this 100 is, years ago. Yeah, this is 100 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Right? And... It, so obviously it was already underway um, at that point. But what happens when, you know, what Carlos described, you know, you start manipulating words, you start ignoring reality or trying to kind of morph it and all that, it gets really complicated. That was kind of one of the things that struck me in realizing this is we make ourselves miserable <laughs> by trying to, you know, kind of create these rea- realities that don't exist or to ignore the, the realities that, that do and, and that all of that's reflected in in vocabulary that the words and that too Carlos struck me is you know the simple idea of you know words have meaning reflects this reality that you know there's an objective truth there's an objective reality and the words the words that I use the words that I read the words that I hear in what I watch or whatever they mold the way that I view the world. They, mm-hmm. they mold it either according to the truth or not. I remember one time I was, uh, I don't know if I was listening to something by George Weigel or reading a book of his, but he gave the phrase a, a, a biblically, like biblically ground lenses for one's, you know, kind of glasses. Hmm. He's like, we need to see the world in the way that Christ sees it, right? That God sees it. How do we do that? We need to saturate ourselves with the words of God, you know? Um, it can't. Yeah, if if all that we're reading and skimming through is our Facebook feed and like you know whatever the current top news stories, we're getting a lot of words from the world. Are, are we making up for the for that with the words of God, mm-hmm. or is that the only words that we're using to kind of view what's around us? Well, and one of the consequences of that, back to the you know page uh, fifty four. Consequently, so the consequence of this, they are inconsistent. They say one one thing one day, another thing the next, right? <laughs> it's like blown about by the wind, mm-hmm. right? Just that mm-hmm. unsteadiness, mm-hmm. instability, which is insanity, right? Well, and the further point, then he ends it by saying, all this is to be unreal. Mm-hmm. So like that mm-hmm. category, there you go. A category of unrealness uh, misses the whole sacramental veiled yeah. already, yeah. but not yet, or the fact that water is natural substance but it it communicates and affects it has the c- capacity to communicate cleansing at a spiritual nature and then man and woman in marriage are not just the two bodies doing whatever they want there's yeah. uh, they're communicating divine love itself and it's just like uh, so living apart from that is unreality and so uh, receiving it so like the nature like he opens it up of like this whole receptive Reality, like you have to receive the principles that come from me or outside of me, you know. Yeah, from God. Excellent, Father. What struck you? So I actually. By the way, I just want to interrupt for a second, please. I saw something very interesting on the way in here. (laughs) Father Dominic walking down the hall on the way to the studio, reading the book. So, so I'm curious to put you on the spot. 
was that cramming for the exam or was that you're so engrossed in, in Newman that you can't even put it down even when you're walking Just down the yes. hall? I can say yes to <laughs> both of those. I was reading for December 13th thinking that I had to have that read for today. Ah. So I was cramming for the exam, but that wasn't on the exam. Oh, Getting ready for next week. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm actually ahead. Okay. Accidental it turns, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Accidental overachievement. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, no, the, the point that I kind of kept with me all the way through this week was also from uh, the the passage Divine Calls on, on December 9th. So this is page 47. And it's just a line. He kind of just tossed it out there. No one has any leave to take another's lower standard of holiness for his own. It is nothing to us what others are. If God calls us to greater renunciation of the world and exacts a sacrifice of our hopes and fears, this is our gain. This is the mark of his love for us. This is the thing to be rejoiced in. Such thoughts, when properly entertained, have no tendency to puff us up. I don't know. I found myself challenged by that because absolutely, it, it, it comes down to the place of where you, rec- you can recognize the different calls that different people have, mm-hmm. the different graces or blessings or gifts that they've been given. And I think I'm quick to say, oh, man, I wish I had that really cool, whatever, grace or relationship or, or something. But he's almost speaking about the other way around. He's like, no, the Christian view of reality has to see it as like, the the weaknesses that I have, the humiliations that I endure, the crosses that I'm carrying, that's where my that's where like I do my duty and follow the Lord, and I don't have to, I don't have to worry about what somebody else has either been given or been asked. Um, the the exact call that He's placed before me is the one that's going to make me the holiest that I'm meant to be. Um, that line from the the litany of humility, mm-hmm. uh, grant that I may be as holy um, as I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, that others may be holier than I, as long as I'm as holy as I'm Well, what struck me about that, that this very sentence or sentences, this little um, passage struck me also. And, you know, kind of another Thomistic word came to mind, pusillanimity, right? Mm. Small soul. You got that, that, that one that try. Word. That's, that's good. <laughs> you practiced. <laughs> no, I should have though. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. Um, you know, small souledness, this, this, um, you know, this false humility, mm. Right, and and also the, the one of the reasons this struck me is it tied back to your comments last week, your observations about venture, right? This the the risk, the the adventure, the uncertainty, the cost. That I I, I read this, and the image that came to mind was fear of heights. Mm. You know, we one of the things that prevents us from responding to the call to go back to sister's observation at the beginning is fear of falling. It's fear of heights. You know, it's this fear that, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy, not in a, not in a true sense of humility, but in a, in an, in an inability to recognize God's grace and accept yeah. his grace to make us worthy. And I don't really want to risk it all. Yeah. Like I don't really want to like set out on the, mm-hmm. the adventure that's going to cost everything, you know, casting out into the deep, like giving it all up for, you know, the, the adventure that he's yeah. proposing. Well, later on he talks about, uh, when we're acting, we're, uh, walking among precipices. Yeah. Yes. And so that that precise <laughs> yeah. 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 But all, like strikes me like the you know YouTube videos with you know top ten fails of this that and the other thing. Uh-huh. I love watching other people's fails diminish like yeah <laughs> failures. Um, and so it's like he's saying no one has any leave to take another's lower standard of holiness for his own. But it's, I think it's so easy to fall into that of like yeah. Well, I'm not. You know X Y Z. Yeah, yeah. I'm at least as good as that guy, right? Yeah, or like, well, I'm no, I use flat out. I'm better than all these people Mm -hmm. that I'm seeing on on whatever videos I'm watching or whatever, and or the news, and 
uh, and we puff ourselves up that way. Yeah, we we get trapped in comparing ourselves to right. others around mm-hmm. us as opposed to the the standard of God, yeah. which again ties it to Carlos's observation about that underlying reality yeah. being what it yeah. is. You look across the parish and you're like, ah, well, at least I you know, yeah, three minutes before yeah. I, mean, I didn't walk uh-huh. in late today, you know, like. Uh-huh. But like we're called to so much more. Um, yeah. Do we feel ourselves walking amongst precipices, um, or do we just kind of like? meander our way along on the the rolling hills down below and find those hard enough, you know? Well, we could go on all day, and maybe mm. we will. <laughs> but for the sake of the, the recording here, we got to wrap it up. So, Father, would you mind closing us in prayer? No, not at all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we ask you that you would open our hearts and our minds to know your will, know your call for us this day. And we ask as well, knowing that you will make up for everything that we lack, for all those graces virtues and gifts that we need to be faithful, to persevere, and to seek to be great-souled, filled with your grace and your love um, this day and each day of our lives. Let us look at others around us as companions on the journey and not people we're in competition with. Let's keep our eyes fixed on you, waiting for you and loving you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. John Henry Newman. Pray Pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you.